September 13, 2021. It's the Watt Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Monday. Started off the show with John Coltrane and Miles Davis around midnight. And then Craig Sturgeon, that's two words, people. Wiggle room, that's one word. And right away, you might be a sleuth about it and know or guess that I'm not man alone because of those software engineers of Stony with their Skype invention. I got Brother Crank Sturgeon on board. Welcome aboard, Crank. Hey, how's it going, Mike? Well, where are you talking to me from? I'm talking to you from uh, where the Wi-Fi connection is strongest uh, here in uh, here in my place in uh, Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. That's right. Okay, that's the <laughs> that's, yeah starboard side, and we gotta thank Brother Al Margolis of Chester, New York, for making the connect. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. He was just up here, actually. He was trucking through, came up. He was heading even further north than where I am. He's and, getting, uh, he, every, it seems every little bit, he's getting, looking more like Mr. Natural. <laughs> <laughs> we go back that oh, far, right? God, we go back that connection. far. Like a Charlie Parnell, my buddy in Cherry Valley, he, he, he actually published the first Zap comic in the scene. <laughs> but let's talk about you. Brother Crank. Okay, well, you know, we're, we're probably going to have to name drop Al a few more times. So. We will, we will. <laughs> we're going to play some fucking music from him, too. But what, please bring your earliest musical recollection. Oh, man. Uh, so many, because. Uh, earliest. I grew up. You only have one I, early. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's see. All right, dialing back, dialing back. Dialing Remember, back. it's a Watch for Pedro show, so there's no hard questions, there's no wrong answers. I don't know, but this is this is pretty. Uh, th this gets into the meta shit. So, <laughs> it's okay. I want to say like a really good foundational memory um, that that's among the earliest. I think you know we're not talking like infant or anything like that. Um, Whatever. Some guys tell me about um, like twenties, and I said you didn't remember anything as a kid. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Just completely obliterated yeah, the race. Right. Um, Quote the Raven. Oh yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, let's see. I want to say, my my oldest brother. I had a, a large family, um, and I'm the youngest of the brood. Uh, my oldest brother and I share. Uh, we our bedrooms were right next to each other. Um, we had little tiny bedrooms, and I remember. Gosh, I must have been somewhere in uh, like the kindergarten, first, second grade range. Um, he was an aspiring musician at the time and, uh, and played bass. And oh. I remember um, there were all sorts of rules about like being near his bedroom at certain times because he was always making tapes off of his record player. And if he stomped around, the record needle would skip and blah, blah, blah. So he had the record player in his room and his bass in his room. And I would always hear like a very quiet, gentle um, you know, unamplified because he had the headphones on him playing bass. And I later learned he was teaching himself slap bass from this floppy vinyl called Slap It. And I just remember this like, and then, you know, the next, you know, the next phrase was being taught just over and over and over again. And it would just lull me into sleep. You know, I was like, I was always safe whenever I heard him playing unamplified bass in uh, the, the next bedroom, you know, whatever time of night that was. Yeah, like boogie so. dance, but you took it the other way to go conk. Now, did you ever get into his room when he wasn't there and jump on that bass? Oh, 
<laughs> that was that was that was verboten. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like the relationship with like music and my getting into music was uh, that really didn't happen until I think he was out of the house. Um, I think he graduated high school. There's like an eight or nine year age spread there. So I've noticed um, a lot of these uh, this last year. You know, I've been having five guests a week since November. Mm-hmm. A lot of experimental cats, and it seems they, a lot of them have older brothers and sisters. I wonder if there's, mm-hmm. if that's just coincidence or what the fuck. Uh, it could be just the week. I don't know. <laughs> what, what about the first record you bought with your own money? With my own, with my own hard-earned allowance slash lawn mowing money, it was either uh, it was a cassette. Um, it might have been the first Police album. You know, Outlandos, um, or gosh, it, it, it I actually well had a 45 have... by those guys where they had another, they didn't have that, the other guitar. They had another guitar, man. Oh, really? They had another yeah. guitarist other than Andy Summers? I th- the guy, they had a seasoned guy later. They had a guy, okay. you know, they were kind of from the early days, I guess. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a U.S. guy, and uh, right, and Sting, and bass band, yeah. And they had another. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember, I can't, um, but I remember the uh, when the album came out. It, they'd have a reggae part and a rock and roll part. Uh, mm-hmm. Music's music. Why not do the mule? What What about first gig you saw, Craig? Oh gosh, first gig. Um, first good gig. Or no, first... no. First, first live witness and performance of music. <laughs> um, like 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 the first cool ass gig I saw. Well, I I I I think I went. No, this this I guess I'll backtrack. Like yeah, the first gig gig I saw was an arena show. Um, I think it was REM, and um, okay. I wished it was another band. Um, but uh, I was too young to to see like the punk bands I wanted to see. Um, on my own. So I was like accompanying again, like older brothers to the show. Um, also, because my parents were like, you know, if you, you have to like yeah. look out for your little brother. Some chaperone kind of rock. So, some chaperone yeah. rock. So, so, I mean, it was besides, a good show. Besides, that, the bass, besides, so. that, besides that bass guitar being quarantined in your brother's chamber, was there other Couldn't inst- touch it, man. Was there other instruments in the pad you grew up? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, our 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 folks were very uh, uh, they were pretty open and pretty tolerant of us having musical instruments. Um, so there was usually like a couple acoustic guitars here. All of my brothers were in band, um, including me. So I got uh, but I because I was the last of the litter. I got the hand-me-down band instruments <laughs> instead of my folks. I wanted to play freaking trombone because. Oh, okay. You know, let's it, let's talk about horns. Let's talk about school. Were you in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that? No, no, I wasn't in the marching band. I was too scared. But uh, in elementary school, you know, it's kind of like the Simpsons episode, you know, with the with the elementary school band. I w- I played clarinet, even though I desperately wanted to play trombone because I had a crush on someone who played trombone. But trombones were too expensive, so I got my brother's hand-me-down clarinet. So I was like second clarinet blah 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 and i was like ah you know it's it just didn't feel as cool but i stuck with it until about sixth grade and then seventh grade i was like there was no way in junior high i was going to go into uh, the marching band <laughs> the licorice <laughs> stick yeah okay was, what, what, gonna, what about yeah. what about in the afternoon with the garage band basement band bedroom band Did you oh yeah that? for sure tell me about it yeah yeah 
yeah, that that's the, those seeds started to plant themselves. I got to say, probably in eighth grade, because uh, like, and this is also because like at that point you're starting to form your own identity um, that's separate from that which is sort of like within the the, the codes of conduct that are administered by older siblings. <laughs> um, so you're sort of discovering your own shit at that point, and um, there was a there was a. And also, like, junior high was, like, way different from elementary school. It was a much bigger school. And um, there was a cool guy who this dude always uh, – he wore, like, a Billy Idol shirt. And he always had a bandana. Like, really stood out from, like, the rest of the uh, – you know, this is, like, the early 80s at this point. You know, he was, he was like, a new wave guy. I'm like, who is this guy? He became my best friend. And after a while, we were, we were like, we got to start a band. And, yeah. Um, you know, and he got like uh, he got a guitar and then he got a bass. And I was just like, all right, I got to I got to I got to figure this out because um, if, if he's got all the instruments, I got to get an instrument other than like the the janky old friggin acoustic guitar in the house. Right. So. So, yeah, I ended up getting. Um, and you ain't going to do the clarinet. You're past that. No, no. Well, you know, we uh, that would come later when I would get into experimental stuff. So. Ain't that a trip? <laughs> Right. Don't yeah. ever don't ever let go. Right. Because it might come back for round two. Oh, hell no. And I did get that trombone eventually, too. See, so, uh, the bone uh, bass clef. Bass clef. <laughs> Dig so, it. But yeah, I ended up getting, um, you know, begged and pleaded, begged and pleaded and got, uh, you know, it was a hand me down electric guitar from one of my older brother's friends. But that thing ripped. It was so freaking awesome to have. You know, it was an SG copy, copy, copy. But it was a real live electric guitar with like this. I can't even remember what the amp was. Yeah, you must gave. have got an amp with it, right? Oh man, it was like a. Was it an Earth? It had like it. it there was something defective about it because you turned it up to a certain volume and instead of distorting it farted so maybe that was like you know eerily like you know anticipating prescient to like later crank you're talking a premonition you're talking a premonition (laughs) crank okay when we army let's play it What? 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 
morning. <sighs>
The answer is still... show that chunk of music start off crank sturgeon when we were army we're talking about that's those right old army <laughs> days right now uh Cobalt, maybe that was dedicated Cus- to two brothers who are actually in the army so yeah uh, okay for you kids yeah. trobacova kushna pesci with avat gaspar which is like the specter uh, gaspar's ghost okay Maybe Casper, huh? They're they're from, uh, I think it's called Croatia now, but when this was recorded in Yugoslavia. Plan for burial, sleeping in separate rooms, having a nice, no, have a nice life. Brand new from them. Blood hall, head boggle, brand new. Ancient trap, bombs branded. They just did this, uh, collaborated, not trading files, but put in big buffer time so they could uh, be in real time on the internet. And to answer is this still, Craig Sturgeon. Okay, now, Craig, you and your buddy here, the, the new wave guy, the fucking lightning rod to channel your musical expression energy. Did you have a name for this unit? We eventually did. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we were, when we finally were able to convince a friend to be a singer and convince another friend who was two years younger than us to be our drummer, but he was literally the only drummer around. Um, uh, move. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, this is, this is an eighth grade at this point. This be, you know, th- this was a oh, long Dude, I remember process. me and D Boone. I, I, I totally understand where you come from. Yeah. Craig, yes. So I think by that point we were in 11th grade or, or late 10th grade. My, my friend and I always played music together, but when we finally got the band, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was punk. We were listening to like Day Glow Abortion. Yeah, but did you guys like have that. a name? Did, did you have oh, a yeah, name? Oh, yeah, that's, okay. what I, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm alluding to okay. because we were, we were, you know, wanting to like, you know, frighten our parents or the Christians or whoever. We were called Fetus Garden. Oh, Day Glow Abortion. Yeah, uh, Vancouver, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Maybe Victoria, that was... somewhere British Columbia. And yeah, yeah. early uh, true no, uh, First Nation, not First Nation, uh, what's it called? C- Canada. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that. Sorry to everybody. I fucking didn't mean it, anything bad. But they were they're, they're a band that goes way back to the DOA uh, days and stuff. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think so. tell me about the first gig. Uh, feed, were they called fetuses? <laughs> fetus garden. Fetus garden. Um, we, yeah. We, we didn't was know the that fetus? there was a sound garden at that point. So you, you know, I, I, this was like the I want to say like 80, 1987, 88, somewhere around there. We were just doing our own thing in our own. But, but did you ever and, do a gig, or was it just a practice? Uh, yeah, we. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, we did. Uh, let's see. Uh, never like paid gigs, but usually like friends' basements parties. Well, tell me about the first one. First one. First one was uh, we practiced and practiced and practiced, and it was for I want to say it was for a talent show in high school, and um, and somebody had the notion to um, oh 
God, I, I just remember like they, I was plugged in incorrectly. Like they, they took like the line out of my amp and put it into the PA and I was cutting out. It was a total embarrassment. <laughs> um, oh no. Okay. Yep. So I'm not going to ask if the gig was a success. Uh, no, no. I think, yeah, we, we were real, so, uh, you know, yeah, we, call those, we, were, we were really green. And so if you want to know some old, old Minutemen talk in, in Minutemen days, we called those character builders. Yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't that, that kind of gig where you're like, I'm never playing my instrument again. I mean, I've had those, uh, but, uh, this, you know, it was just like, the thing is like, there was another band on the talent show who won, who were, totally polished and um uh, they they you know they did like you know hammer ons on the guitar like you know eddie van oh, halen no. r.i.p you know Craig, I let me I'm ask, not doing let, that let, yeah i know but let me ask you about the material though what did you guys play were you playing originals uh no they were all covers um and um you know at this point we were listening to a lot of like seven seconds and stuff like that and so we did our version of their version of 99 red balloons <laughs> You guys were the jukebox. <laughs> hey, what what about uh? I remember when we played first time we played Oklahoma City. The band in front of us played all because punk at first, right? It was trippy to hear bands do cover a, a whole gig of punk covers because there's a mm -hmm. new movement and stuff. So, uh, what about after after high school? Do you go to higher education for music? I I, I did get higher. <laughs> I did get higher. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, I, when I, when I left the nest, um, I went, uh, I went to art school. I moved to the big city, um, Boston, Massachusetts. Whoa. And, um, and, you know, I was, had aspirations of like starting bands with all the, the cool new people I was going to meet. And all of those aspirations fell flat on their face. And I kind of got at that point got, uh, yeah, I was like, Ooh, the guitar, ugh what am I, what, what am I doing wrong with this? So, um, so there was I, I a sea change in your music life for sure. And, uh, it, it, I, you know, the, it was, it was such a dichotomy at first. Cause it was like, okay, I'm here in Boston and I got to see pretty much almost all the bands that I ever wanted to see at that point. Cause everyone was playing shows, you know, at the rat or oh, yeah. wherever it was. Um, and it was epic, you know, it was like, you know, fricking, you know, Fugazi right in your face, you yeah. know, it's just like, you know, these, these awesome, awesome shows. So I still love the music. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, something in me was, uh, definitely changing. Cause I, I was like, you know, the, I, I, it was probably my musical limitations. Um, and it was also like getting other information and meeting other people who are, you know, introducing me to like, you know, Japanese noise and, you know, weird avant-garde and just, you know, other traditions of sound making. And at first, a lot of it was kind of like, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty, pretty freaking pretentious. But, um, well, what was but there after, a main cat? Like, like when you were younger, that one main cat got you into, it, you know, making a band. So was yeah, there yeah. a cat that you met was who was into experimental music? Yeah, it was a roommate my my sophomore year and he was um he was a few years older than us we had to live off campus so it was just um it was me and my my dorky ass friends uh, well you know <laughs> sorry guys and and one of their older brothers and the older brother you know he was like artist artist and scowling chain smoking 
um, always doing stuff, always like getting like cool postcards from all over the world. You know, it's what it seemed like, you know, and just like had his notebook and he was taking notes and smoking and he had his tape recorder. He's always recording weird shit. And he was like, your music's crap. Your mu- you got to listen to this. And it's like, that's not jazz. This is jazz. He was the gateway. He was the linchpin that pulled the whole the whole archway down and crumbled because he introduced us to at first it was Cage. I'm like, this is bullshit. Kind of cool, but, you know, kind of bullshit, you know, it's academic stuff. But then he was like, he introduced us to Zorn and like Anthony Braxton and Free Jazz. And like it, it was the rabbit hole. And it was like, oh, there's this whole other way of doing stuff. And like Fred Frith and Keith Rowe and prepared guitar. And I was like, oh, that's that's what it is. It's like the guitar doesn't have to be worn. You put it on a table and you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. AAM, right? I read about that <laughs> yep, with the exactly. Rob Chapman book on Sid Barrett. It had a huge influence on him. I'm glad Mr. Chapman nuts. wrote that book and told us all about it. Yeah, because, you know, everybody's full of influences from somewhere, right? Or mm-hmm. right? Yep. We're all patch quil- uh, patchwork quilts. We are. Not, not, and, and not, and that's not a bad thing. It means we've got no, a lot in common, all. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you just absorb the stuff. And I mean, at that age, too, I mean, it's such a freaking critical age being, you know, 20 and searching for stuff. And you're yeah, it's like you're, sponge you're rock. a sponge, yep, you know, yep, it's like I'm exactly. going to punk shows and I'm like just absorbing all this information. Nah, around I, I, me. I'd share the same thing with you, Brother Craig. We're at the end of the first hour, September 13, 2021. Dish Watt Pedro Show special guest, Craig Sturgeon. Hold tight for hour two. September 13, 2021. It's the second hour of Watt for Pedro Show.
You're like, icky? <laughs> yeah, I know. I Whatever. Watch for Pedro. She'll start the second hour off with Crank Sturgeon doing, I've been enlightened to the fact it's stoops. <laughs> <laughs> and Brother Al Margolis. Right? Uh, L-R, maybe it's L's, Lars, Lars, I-R. Yeah, you can't copyright a title, people. Remember that. Zoku Metsu. This is a project fucking Ron Anderson. He was on the show a few months ago. Flower School for Unsuspected Yakuza. Crank Sturgeon after that was Shanty Mist. Shanties were important shit if you were on a boat because you could uh, coordinate all the muscles to get them fucking sails up. It's it's part of my, my, uh, my maritime upbringing. Yeah. Well, you might pop us a... He was nine decks down in an engine room, a machinist mate, but he was a sailor for 20 years. Oh, yeah? He said, yeah, Navy, never again volunteer yourself. Wow. <laughs> well, he was, yeah, seven, my, my, he was 17. Was Coast Guard, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, got a, we, got a, we got a base right here in Pedro across the channel. It's, it's maybe a, Oh, that's right. Yeah, 100 yeah, yards that, from like, me yeah, when you... I do my hobbling in the morning. I, I look at the, they got, the compounds, got some palm trees, and they call them coasties, huh? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, 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 I've been to. I've only been to San Pedro once for. Oh, a you know what? I think the fucking Academy's New London or something because I used to play yep. there at the LNG Club. But anyway, back yeah, to your yeah. story. Tell me about Al Margolis, please. Tell you about Al Margolis? Oh my God! Well, your so, connect, where did your one connect, start? brother Craig. Uh, the connection with with Al. Al and I, um, and and in hindsight, I should have given you some of our recordings. Um, just to like make the connection. You always but, uh, can. You always can. I'll play it. 
Yeah, well, you know, next time we'll have Al and I both on. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's coming back on the show real soon. Um, no, Al, I met Al um, just through the, the, the chain of friends, you know, here in the Northeast. I think we, were, we started playing festivals together, you know, going back 10, 12 years. Um, and then uh, I was living in uh, Western Massachusetts for a stint, maybe six years or so. And Al was pretty close. Chester's not all that far. And so we had a collaboration project with our buddy Walter Wright and Steve Norton from Boston and Lowell. And uh, it was called Tough Day Tubing. And it was just a quartet occasional trio quartet sometimes duo if no one else showed up but al and i were always there and you were the core um, play yep playing down in hudson or playing in albany or you know wherever just in that area a little tri-state area and um just uh the joy of playing with al is his uh volume uh spontaneity um well ron anderson told me he plays really tiny he plays super tiny and you have to like, it's not like you're playing down cause he can be loud as fuck too. So, okay, but, okay. Um, but he, you know, he's like a, I mean, you know, I, I think it, through Al, I got really into like Pauline Oliveros and like the, you know, listening, the deep listening and the environmental listening and bringing the environment into, you know, your recording and your performing practice. And so playing with Al, we, we did a tour in 2019 together um, playing duo and solos um, uh, in Europe with our buddy Sasha, who is who booked us all these great gigs in like you know uh, Poland and Czech Republic and Germany and um, do, doing the duets with Al was uh, God, it, it was just a big old friggin' salmon grin on my face, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got gave me this piece of music and it's bitching in lieu of charming features.
connection with another artist musician and you're doing you have you develop a language that's basically your own whether it's you know a duo trio or whatever um it uh, yeah uh, it, it's it's some sort of cerebral you know conjoined twin type thing I'm, with al I, I definitely had it um performed also a lot with another uh former guest uh item theftable um oh yeah and uh and i mean also the two a mainer us, right also amazing. Fucking A right now. Okay. <laughs> so. Let's tell the people what they just heard. A chunk of music started off Craig Sturgeon doing in lieu of charming features. Then brand new from Tropical Fuckstorm, Suburbia Pia, Mold Omen with If, uh, Balmore, Graf from Netherlands, Ch 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 Mod, Chamad, Chamad 666, In La Machi, Totale from the uh, Italian part of Switzerland. Let's chill. Of course, that's what they say. Meeting of the mind. Craig Sturgeon with Witches of Malibu. A little collab here. I, yep. want, I, want to, well, I want you to tell me about that. But first, we should backtrack because that Boston experience with that, that chin stroker dude who, who hipped you guys to all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. At the same time, isn't there a big music school? Berkeley School of Music. You were in a, that's a different scene, right? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, that's for uh, that's where my oldest brother went. Um, uh, the bass player, he went there um, for college, you know, whatever, eight, nine years before me um, and ended up doing falling in love with production. So that was that became his thing. But Berkeley was really professional. Um, I went to Mass College of Art, which was <laughs> pretty much the opposite. We had a we had a sound studio and where we we actually had pretty good instructors who taught us how to use this stuff for tracks and the dat which was like the big technology at the time um no digital editing really beyond that but just like getting your your hands and and feet dirty using analog gear and reel to reels and so forth and uh so yeah that was that was sort of my introduction to that was like, you know, you'd sign out a four track and take it home and try to basically figure it out. And then you'd present your work to class and, you know. So that stuff like this... that dude making field, uh, the chin stroker, making the field recordings. Yeah. You started to incorporate that and using the, the, the four track as a, as a musical instrument. I, what, I, what I'm yeah. getting is like uh, you didn't use the synthesizer as a fake keyboard. No, I didn't get into that stuff. You know, yeah. I was really like kind of, you know, working from the bottom up. You sure. know, I, I, we didn't have access to really good tools um, or instruments or anything schmancy. So it was like building contact mics from like a busted guitar cable and like the, you know, the 
when you could when there were radio shacks you could go there and like you know get the uh, the the piezo element and encased in plastic and you'd like twist it onto your guitar cable and then you were like holy fucking crap i can amplify anything and you know i had like you know my guitar amp and you know eventually would get a got a four channel mixer and realized like oh mixing sound and incorporating like when i got bored with guitar i realized the guitar wasn't boring it was just that it I needed to develop a language with that that incorporated other sounds. And then the guitar became just sort of like this bouncy junk palette with contact mics and radios and tape recorders and everything else that I could get my hands on that was basically like a dollar at the thrift store or whatever. So you're talking um, like, you know, it's, like you make a little garden. That's going to be the yeah. stuff you grow things in. Post fetus garden. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But you know what I mean, and, or or like a pocket knife, a, a carving knife. That the, the guitar is not an end to itself. It's like the beginning of the to make sound pieces. Totally, totally. Yep. Yeah. It, it's a. Uh, it's. It, it was. Yeah. Basically, like a. Yeah. Your your diving board into the the abyss of sound. And it's right. Like the and a lot of cats, they're channeled down the kind of tollway of pedals. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only way to get trippy sounds out of a guitar, right? Oh, hell no. No, I mean, I couldn't afford pedals. So, ah, it so was necessity, like, necessity dictated the fucking medium. Exactly. I mean, it's like, who needs distortion when I could plug it into my my stereo and like, you know, take, you know, and max the volume and the EQ on the stereo and then run it back into the recorder. You get this saturated distortion and it's like through the roof better than any like, you know, fuzz pedal at the time, at least. So it was... Yeah. That's what I was doing. I was just taking, you know, microphone inputs and right. sending the line out. And, and like, like, there's no just, manual, right? The knowing's and the doing. So you're experimenting, nope. like skateboarding and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it was like the punk ethos, but applied to, you know. Well, look, I always think it was. Whatever it was. <laughs> no, but I think it was an ethos. I don't really think it was a style of music. Maybe that that that's reducing it too much because mm -hmm. there's all kinds of, you know, it's a way of uh parallel universe thing you know uh mm. and so you could bring that to painting you can bring that to other kinds of sound you can bring that to literature you know i i still you know 40 50 years later i look back and, and how they just want to trivialize all that shit you know mm. and, and, yeah yeah like it's some beats per minute and a haircut we're at the end of the second hour september 13 <laughs> 2021 edition what peter show special guest craig sturgeon hold tight hour three September We're gonna 13, get into trouble if we keep doing this. So. It's the third hour of the Whopper Pedro show.
For Pedro, we're, we're discussing some very heavy things off air, people. We start <laughs> off care, the dude. third hour off with Firth. <laughs> of course, it had to be Firth. You know, it could be second. <laughs> you, you really have to stop it. <laughs> Eviction after that, an excerpt from her piece for non-event quarantine series uh, from uh, Chris Cones. Uh, yeah, but he ain't the... Uh, Skull, whatever that is. This one's La Flange de Mal with uh, Euro Disney and the Burst of As Akuman Haggard uh, <laughs> Van Garbage Optic. <laughs> yeah, of course. Great <laughs> shirt. So, Good job. Yeah, okay. okay. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm a goal for his own music and then inspiring people, many like you, such as yourself. But also, what about? What you, you're talking '87 and stuff, so I'm thinking because he he the cassette thing is what I'm trying trying to talk about, brother Craig. This culture mm. of people trading cassettes, right? You were part of this yeah. thing. Uh, I, I I came into it uh, a few years after that. Um, I mean, we were we were trading mixtapes when we were teenagers, but like the like the weird stuff didn't kind of it was mostly punk, you know, dubs of punk and dub, you know, like the over, you know, just dub, dub, dub till it just sounds like, Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Well, that's how we got turned on to all the bands. Mixtapes were important. Yeah. But this thing sounds like it was original music. I think he evolved it to a CD label later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 He did. I mean, I, I think I, yeah, I jumped into the tape trading thing probably 91, 92 when I was in college in art school. When that's when Crank Sturgeon came out, you know, yeah, when I, yeah. When I, is that your when, first entry into the, you know, hey, listeners. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. It was totally inspired because basically I wanted to get cool shit in the mail. Um, <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, that goes and, back and to that, comic but, book days, right? With those fucking yeah. little, uh, what, where were they? Little uh, sea monkeys? They have tuxedos on yeah. and shit. <laughs> they never came in the mail. It was always these fucking dried out. <laughs> Fucking whatever's. <laughs> it was it was a type of shrimp. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, cold. yeah. Brine shrimp. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like Peter Tork. No, No monkeys with little crowns on. So, what was your first co contribution? Um, it, it was. Uh, I, I, I. Let's see. I think it was my first real summer living in Boston. Um, and I was, you know, I'd, I'd work and I'd come home and I'd put on the headphones. And just make noise. And I was like, I got to do something. I got to I got to give this to my professors and my friends. And I need I can't give them my real name. Um, and so the I at that point was like doing a lot of wordplay, like really into data and surrealism. And um, and and the, I, I really like the idea of uh, 
of a, of a hand cranked fish, you know, like, you know, imagine like the, the, the bean grinder of a coffee bean grinder attached to like something archaic, some primordial thing. And I was like, Oh, it's a fucking sturgeon. Duh. <laughs> um, so I was like that, that's how I signed my name, crank sturgeon. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. The name kind of stuck because uh, the, 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 the note, this idea of a crank was like, you know, churning, grinding. That's what the sound was to me. Yeah. But it needed it needed to be anthropomorphized somehow. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as a kid, I was always drawing comics where I was like, you know, I was like I, I, I featured myself as like some weird monster in amongst all the other things. So it was like playing from that, you know, grabbing from like basically like giving my per- myself permission to do the most uncool thing possible from the hipsters in art school, which was like, just like start building like junky cardboard costumes and, and, and becoming like this weird, like gibbering idiot fish man with like a, you know, some frigging like esophageal speaker attached to his throat and running around and interrupting art openings. And so that's kind of like the performance persona was part of that tape as well. It was like, oh, it's finally like it's coalescing because I was like, it, it was like the performance, it was the the tape, and I was also like doing like really like disgusting, not in any lewd, you know, salacious way, but just like I really painful, jittery like VHS video type. Uh, video pieces that were just like, you know, maxing out the color and saturating it and like a hundred million edits that it's just like, it's going to induce, you know, some form of seizure type video. And I was like, (laughs) that, that became crank sturgeon too. So it was like, this is a name I could put on all of my shit, you know, it was like, it's crank sturgeon. And so, and then like the tapes started to, you know, I'd send them out and, you know, you know, you, you, it's like any band, anyone who's like, here's my beautiful thing that I made and I'm going to put it out there and everyone's going to love it. You know, it's dead silent crickets, no response. (laughs) Oh no. no. It's like, that's a character builder. Yeah. (laughs) Look, you gave me this, you gave me this boots by once. And a little pun rock here because the by has an E in it, of course.
nothing more you care to hear. I heard the sound of your sigh. There was nothing to you. Off and back to 
For Pedro, last music for this edition. Craig Sturgeon with Boots by Once. Then out of Berlin, Nadja with Katane. Or Katane. Yeah, come on. I butcher everybody's language. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kishibashi for every voice that never sang. Tim Hohouse. He's, he's up in Montana now. Tim Hohouse out of England. Wagon. Plasterman. Ithaca, New York. While I wait. And finally, Craig Sturgeon, a smug rube in quietude. That's bitching. <laughs> you know, I didn't ask you about the fucking, because all these have been, like you said, Craig Sturgeon, you know. Turn, mm-hmm. turn that handle, puppet. I mean, George Hurley, right? Mr. Robot's Holy Oars. Turn the handle, puppet. 
But it just came to me, fuck, for 35 years later. <laughs> there was one duet here, which yes. is a Malibu. Were you in Cali? I, I, yeah, I, got a, I have a, a back and forth uh, relationship with, with Southern California. Um, my, uh, my wife and I moved out there three years ago. Um, and it's just because of work, you know, it's the bi-coastal thing. So, um, lo and behold, when we landed in, in Claremont, California, there were these noise people really nearby and which is a Malibu was my neighbor for, he was like a mile away. And, uh, um, Henry amps for Christ was like a mile and a half away. It was like, these like, wow. Fucking, like, I think that's a cat. New brother, insane uh, like noise brother, heroes, icons, man. Well, Fucking brother, icons. brother Steve McKay. I think I might know this guy. I recorded at his pad, maybe. Uh, Kamilski from the Czech Republic. I think. I, see, I always get it mixed up. Claremont, and Montclair. They're next door to each other, and they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claremont, Montclair. <laughs> but they're like night and day, way different. Like one's yeah, ball yeah. land now. <laughs> the other one's got like four or five universities and like JPL and shit. Yeah. Okay, so. This was a collab that came out of nowhere just because of coincidence where you ended up working. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just living out there, and Scott was my neighbor, and right. we're like, you know, it's like every, you know, if you meet a noise person somewhere, sure. like, you want to hang out, want to record, okay. Well, over I mean, the years, was, Brother Crank, over the years, has the scene changed? Did the internet change stuff? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I don't know if it got better or, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it, I don't, I don't, I don't kind of want to go into any sort of like making judgments. Happy because, days. My pops yeah, said you know, that I, show came on. Like he said, you, you had like Fonzie and Potsy shit. That's what I'm talking about. My pop said, <laughs> when that show came on, he said, boy, those were not happy days. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. um, my favorite show growing up was probably Happy Days. You know so. what? Things are the way they are. The old guys are running after trains saying, you're going too fast. I mean, the trains are going right. to keep going. Right? Look, where can yeah. people find you on the internet, Brother Crank? Uh, they can find me on uh, Bandcamp. Crank, you know, do the. Do you have your own website, thing. is what I'm asking. I got my own freaking website, crankstergeon.com, which gives you. It's spell the gateway it for drug people. To... Spell, spell it for people. C-R-A-N-K-S-T-U-R-G-E-O-N.com. Wow, that's bitching. And, and your next play, are you recording? You got stuff ready to come out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're working on our, our place here. I got to winterize my studio. Yeah, um, it's coming. And, um, but uh, we got everything rolling and got all the, the, the knobs ready to, you know, twirl and plug in and, um, yeah, a number of projects have, have been on the, the back burner, but are now going to come into fruition. Once, when, uh, well, when they fruit up, will you come back on the show? We can play them and talk about them. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Any, uh, just uh, give me a few months and <laughs> I get the mastered. Yeah, well, so. Dude, I'm scheduled up until fucking New Year's. And then I got, I'm going to go back to one a, a week because I got to start touring again in March when I help Mike Baguette out. But I'd love to uh, have back you. Can't wait to tour again. I, lo I love what you're doing. He's a Western mask guy. Uh, but he's living in Gainesville now. Go Gators. But uh, <laughs> I love what you're doing. Please keep on keeping on. Uh, I, I, that's that's the plan. So. Okay. <laughs> Great plan. People, September 13th, 2021, Dish Wapito Show. Keep your powder dry.